got Guatemala. Is the team ready? The team ready? We've got almost like the full team here. And so this was a collaboration between Faith Bible Church and some other folks from different churches. Um, and so we were really excited. And you're... Okay, so we just got back a week ago, and um, life happens in a week when you get back from a trip. So we haven't had time to like, rehearse all of this, but um, so you'll have to give us some grace. We have some amazing tech people. I have some notes on here, otherwise I wouldn't have that open. Um, that put our at Somerset and Braden did an amazing job with pictures and the slideshow that you're going to see. But I just wanted to have everybody introduce themselves because you might not know everybody and so almost everybody you could introduce who's not here from your family right okay i'm sarah DeYoung, and i am nick's wife <laughs> i'm gwen young i am the pastor's daughter <laughs> i'm poppy DeYoung, and i'm also the pastor's daughter i'm elsa DeYoung, and i'm also the pastor's daughter <laughs> i'm brayden I'm sorry, Cody. I'm Danielle Limoges, and my daughter, Grace, and Sophia Limoges also attended. I'm Megan Vincent. Yeah, I am Eli Vincent, and I am Mark and Beth's son. I don't know if you guys knows, know the jokester who comes up. And this is Harper, our daughter. And uh, now it's you, Kathy. <laughs> and... We had um, Julia Taylor also went with us. She's not here, but her parents are. So you don't have to come up, but would you raise your hands and wave at people? Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, um, and oh, yes, and Dan and Caroline Thompson also came, but they could not be here today. So, oh, yes, and Somerset, who's up there? Yay. She's All right. You'll see her handiwork. So we're going to actually start with a couple of skits that we did at um, the VBSs to kind of... <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. There's not enough room on this table for me. <laughs> All right. So we did two different VBSs in town, just little vacation Bible schools for a few hours at different churches. So these were the skits that we did from Luke chapter 15. Then Jesus told them this story. <laughs> Suppose one of you <laughs> has a hundred sheep but loses one of them. There's the lost one, okay. <laughs> then he will leave the other 99 sheep in the open field and go out and look for the lost sheep until he finds it. <laughs> and when he finds it, he happily puts it on his shoulders and goes home. He calls to his friends and neighbors <laughs> and says, be happy with me because I found my lost sheep. In the same way... <laughs> In the same way, I tell you, there is more joy in heaven when once over one sinner who changes his heart and life than over 99 people who, good people who don't need to change. All right, now we're transitioning. The next one. All right. Ready? You, you don't have to sit. It's up to you. Wherever you, you can count right here if you want. Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins. Yep, you can count them. You can count them in Spanish, too, if you want. No? Okay. <laughs> But she loses one. <laughs> she will light a lamp, 
sweep the house and look carefully for the coin until she finds it. Yeah, she's, she doesn't know how to sweep when she doesn't have a broom in her hand. Sorry about that. <laughs> ah. And when she finds it, she will, she, will find, she will call her friends and neighbors and say, be happy with me because I have found the coin that I lost. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God when one sinner changes his heart and life. So. All right. So, yeah, anybody who wants to continue to stand up here with me and join in with those slides, I have all the thingies here. I know, Eli, you said you wanted to share some things. <laughs> like I said, we haven't had time to rehearse this. But we shared those skits at the VBSs because we wanted them to know that no matter where they are, Jesus is always right there looking for them, and there's always room in God's family. So um, the first few slides, how do I use this clicker? Just this, the one that's not. Doesn't have an arrow on it? Okay. All right. Yes. So this is where we were. It's the uh, older version of the um, aerial view of the property. There's new things in there now, like another boy's home, lots more crops, but that's the idea. And it's a government-approved nonprofit association since 2002. So they're celebrating their 20th year this year. Very excited. The co-founders were Carol Bishop, who still lives down there, and Joanne Hartley, who's actually my mom's cousin, but she's back in the States. And they, have, they retired and they have new directors now. Um, Tiffany was here with us in October and she spoke. She's the new director now. So this is just some information about Guatemala. Eli, do you wanna share about Guatemala? I know you wanna. I was, I was unprepared to say anything other than what was on the slide, Kathy, but. <laughs> you can read it, that's totally fine. Um, yeah, so as you can see, I'm going to read what you're <laughs> reading yourselves. Uh, so in, in uh, Guatemala, population, 17 million, half under age of 18, 40% is 14 or younger. <clears throat> Don't read ahead of me. 50% indigenous Mayan with 21 languages. Let that sink in for a second. One of the highest chronic malnutrition rates in the world. 40% of the population lives on less than $1.50 a day. That one, I'll let it sink in, because when you actually go there, you see that. Um, from where we went um, in most places, it's, uh, it's pretty rough going. I would not do well in a lot of those situations. So thank you, Lord. But um, now the last part that you've already read ahead, 88% of reported crimes against children go unpunished, including rape, murder, and kidnapping, which obviously is not okay, and uh, it's tough. Yeah, I think okay. All right, so as you can see, Guatemala is a tough place for kids, and so it just kind of, um, you see the little tree, that's where we were, that's where the James Project is. Um, but it just exemplifies the importance of the work that the JPLA is doing um, in that country. And this is their mission, to provide vulnerable women and children the spiritual, physical, emotional, and educational support they need to become solid citizens in the kingdom of God, ultimately for the glory of God and the advancement of the kingdom. And they, they're, um, they're called the James Project of Latin America because they're... Uh, based on that verse, religion that God of our, our Father considers pure and undefiled as this, 
caring for infants and uh, orphans and widows in their distress and keeping oneself pure from this world. And one of the things that um, always stands out to me when I go is the unity for that vision of the staff. It's incredible to see so many people, there's 40 plus staff, um, and that the way they focus on this one mission and they're all together in it, it's, it's pretty remarkable. So. I'll piggyback up on that, Kathy, because you actually took some of the things I would actually say that weren't up on the board, so thank you so much for that. Um, no, but uh, to piggyback on that, um, I mean, these kids have been through things that are, are not imaginable, and to see the way that God like builds family for them <coughs> through him um, is pretty remarkable. They all have the same goal, like Kathy said, and... Uh, it's it's just crazy to see the family that they have just in houses that they don't um, they didn't know these people before they got there, and just by loving them with uh, Christ's love, it's pretty crazy. These are the areas, the main areas of support for women and children, as you can see: physical, educational, emotional, familial, social, and spiritual. Those are their main focuses with what they do. Um, and this is, you, you want to read that too, Eli, you can? Yes, absolutely I do. Um, my reading skills are on point today, so that's good. Um, life of the children in Guatemala, statistics. UN representative said Guatemala is one of the worst, I believe it meant worst, uh, places on, in, and in the world, I would say is also uh, what they meant, um, to be a child. 88% of crimes against children go unpersecuted, including kidnapping, rape, and murder, as we stated earlier. A new case of sexual violence against a child is reported every two hours in Guatemala. Only 7% of sexual crimes result in a successful persecution. Prosecution. Hey, I heard somebody whisper, don't correct me. <laughs> All right, uh, one of the highest chronic childhood malnutrition in the world. So um, we took these slides from Hare Bear, who's the on-site director, um, and he does a vision walk with us. So, and his English is not his first language. So <laughs> Somerset did a great job putting our pictures in with them, but um, that's why you see on instead of in and sort, certain things. But go ahead. It's, not, it's not my first language either, apparently. <laughs> And that's a great picture of the day that um, we got to meet the families when we got there. Uh, of course, it wasn't actually the day we got there because we were exhausted. But it was the next day. And uh, they're just so happy to see everyone. But what, the way we're going to do this is tell you about the different problems that Guatemalans face and then the ministries and um, the solutions that the JPLA has in place and then how we participated in those when we got there. So this is life for children in Guatemala, and the way they help with that is the children's home called Shadow of His Wings. So the whole pro program is called James Project of Latin America, but the children's home itself is called Shadow of His Wings. So if you want to share, or I can, it's up to you. You're going to do it. Oh, me? Okay. So they currently have seven children's homes. They have five girls' homes and two boys' homes. They're getting ready to open another girls' home. They have new parents on site getting um, accustomed to being house parents, and um, they receive kids from, they're all court appointed, much like here in the foster care system, so those are all the reasons that they're, um, they receive kids, but there is no foster care system in Guatemala. This is the closest that there is. 
So they provide holistic care, spiritual development, which is the most important thing. Um, they do church together as a family, daily family devotions, camp and other activities, and they minister locally with the kids to teach them how to give back. So the children's homes are just that. They're homes where they have Guatemala, a set of Guatemalan house parents to 12 children, and they love them like their own. So they learn a lot about what a healthy family looks like, whether they're there two weeks or, you know, a Girl Eye Support has been there for seven years. So um, it just depends, and they just they, they love them as if they're their own. So we, how we participated, we did a lot of playtime with the kids, um, lots of fun things, just hanging out with the kids. They're just, they're so much fun, even though we don't speak the language, it's just so much fun to hang out with them. I don't know if any of the kids want to say anything about hanging out with the kids, but it's their favorite part, by the way. <laughs> right? Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Not just the kids. It was I know, also I know. our favorite part We actually well. had to fight for a little extra playtime while we were there because we just didn't seem like we had enough. So, and they're very gracious. They let them out of school so that we could have extra playtime. Um, and then in addition to the playtime with the kids, there was one night we got to do a special activity. It's, I mean, we all know it's hard to be human in, in the world, but it's also hard to be a girl. And in Guatemala, they're not valued even less. They're valued even less than, than um, and what, you know, girls struggle with self-image and those kinds of things. So one of the things we really wanted to do was um, take the older girls and help them know who God says they are and help them reject the lies that they've heard and through their experiences and the way people have treated them over the course of their life. So we did these obstacle courses that they had to work together and to get through, and at the end, they each got um, a verse card that said something about what God says about them and a lie card, but they were paper clipped together so they couldn't see them till the end. And then we had them sort them all out and choose what they were gonna keep and um, talked about the importance of not believing the negative things that people will say or the experiences that they have that will um, cause them to believe. So. That was really fun, and then we got to burn the negative comments, which was really fun. So um, that was a good time. And then another one of our work projects was to build cornhole um, boards for them. They are very competitive. They love sports. There was one house parent playing, and he was like, one more, because he kept losing. <laughs> so they really had a good time. Um, I don't know if you can see if we have. No, we may not have a picture, but that's up on the um, playground with them. Um, so I'm going to let Sarah share in just a second, but the cornhole boards, we don't have a picture of them, but they, we put Vermont and New Hampshire on them because some of us are from Vermont and some of us are from New Hampshire and, uh, Faith Bible and Friends was on it and we all signed it so that they would have a memory of us being there. And another thing that we do for them, um, as part of, part of the children's home is the sponsorship program. So Sarah is going to come share all about the kids that the church sponsors. So we had, um, one of the nights is sponsorship night, and if you sponsor a child, which actually every single one of our um, group decided to sponsor at least one, so we, um, you have a chance to sit down with your kids that you sponsor and just get to know them. Um, you each have, each family or each person that sponsors has a translator, and they, you can ask them questions, they can ask you questions, it's get to know your time, and then we played games together, we played Twister, we had um, our family and Somerset represented uh, you guys, Faith Bible Church down there, and um, we got to sit down with our four kiddos and had a blast. So we played Twister in Spanish, which was interesting, 
and we um, played Uno, and um, one of the little guys, Minor, had never played Uno before, so that was really fun. And um, Gwen, uh, do you want to talk about Kilis? She'll probably start crying. That's why she doesn't want to talk. But um, Gwenny absolutely fell in love with one of the little girls there. The very first time, it was the, like, how do you describe this? The first night we get together, and, or first day, I guess it was, and um, each one of the houses puts on, like, a little dance or show or skit or poem or something like that. And then, and then of course, the team house, we had to do something, too. We did the electric slide. And then, um, so after, yeah, it wasn't pretty. And then but, after, but this group, but this group was so good about jumping in oh, on anything yes. ridiculous. We're not going to do the ridiculous dances for you, but everybody participated. Which so. I didn't know we weren't doing them. The yeah, girls you were practicing our. Crazy you didn't dances. hear that vote on the bus. I did not that hear that. Said no, thank we you. Were <laughs> so we. Um, I hear music. Not my phone. Anyway, <laughs> time to get up. So, um, it is yours. Time to get up, Elsa. So we, um, where was I? Oh, so the very first night, uh, this little girl named Krilis came and just bombarded Gwenny with the biggest hug. And it was like a leech and would not come off. And Gwenny and Krilis bonded physically <laughs> and spiritually for the whole week that we were there. And um, so when we found out that of the four kids that FBC sponsors, two of them had actually been sent home. And we have no control over that. And um, we'll share a little bit later about how the, the, um, the project follows some kids now um, when they go back home to make sure that they're actually getting the care that they need. Um, so we had two empty spots. So um, Krilis was an obvious choice. So she had had no sponsors. So um, now FBC sponsors her. And there's another little guy who's been there since February, and he had not had any sponsors either. So he was an easy choice as well. So we um, added those two to our other two, one of which is Giovanni, and he is an amazing young man. He is a little, I think, pastor in the making. He um, is 11 years old. He's almost 12. And uh, he arrived in 2021. And he um, wants to be a soccer player. They all want to be soccer players. But they're all really good and intense at soccer. So um, it's fun to watch him play. And so we played with him. And he, what, even for someone who's only been there for a few months, really, not even a year, he, um, he really took Minor, who, who was the other one we sponsored, under his wing, and he's very much just a big brother. He has other siblings at the project, um, girls, I think. And um, he's just very much a loving, caring young man who is friends to anybody and everybody. And the last night that we were there, um, so the first night we all share funny skits and things, and the last night everyone gives another skit. We did the Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> we kept it classy. So we um, did our little dance, and, and then some of the other people did dances, and each house does their own thing. And for Casa David, which is the house that Giovanni is in, he got up and shared his testimony, which was amazing, absolutely amazing. He um, couldn't do it without crying the whole place was crying. So he's an amazing young man. 
and it was a, an honor and a blessing for our family to get to spend some time with him. And then who else have we got? This is my Nord, and he was, um, he's adorable, and he's 10, and um, he just came in February, like I said, and um, he was living in Guatemala City. He doesn't have any siblings. His mom would force him to sell fruit and vegetables um, every day. He never went to school, and he um, often went days and days without food. Either his mom, um, either he didn't make enough money, or his mom just wouldn't feed him. So she didn't want him, she couldn't take care of him, so uh, the courts sent him to um, the project, and he is now squishy, and huggable, and adorable, and um, very quiet and reserved, but um, Giovanni helped talk to him. Like One of the questions we asked was, um, do you feel like you're in a family now? Do you feel like the boys in your home are like siblings? And he said, no, I don't have any siblings. And he put his head down and he said, no, I don't have any siblings. And Giovanni was like, he didn't understand the question. <laughs> he like nudged him and he's like, am I your brother now? Aren't I your brother? You're my brother. And, and Giovanni, or, and Minor was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am, I am home. I feel safe and I am loved. And um, so that was sweet. So those two, we were walking back up and Giovanni had his arm around Minor and it was just adorable. The way that they, they bond so quickly because they feel so safe. So, and then our next person is Grilis, the adorable, oh my gosh, she is precious. So she is also 10, that is an awesome picture of her. And um, she came several years ago, she has um, a few sisters there with her. And um, I think one of hers was this a sister in Casa Maria, yes, who has a baby who is two. And then she also has another sister, what was her other sister's name? Clara, that's right. So Clara and Elsa bonded, and Krilis, which I dare you to say that name. <laughs> it is not an easy name. I think uh, you took a long time to get to understand what she was saying. Anyway, um, so she loves life. She loves chicken, spaghetti, teddy bears. She just is a, do you sure you don't want to say anything? Are you sure? They did everything together, and it was adorable. And um, so her background is... Um, rough to say the least her um, father was an abuser in the family and so um, most likely that is where her niece is actually her sister most likely so um, yeah so that's why all three girls were sent there and the and the baby and they've lived there for um, for a little while now and then the last one is Pamela. Her name is Genesis Pamela, but she doesn't like the Genesis part. So she, her name is Pamela. And Pamela is special because she is actually not one of the kids who um, was sent there by the court system. She is the daughter of one of the house parents. And it's the house parents who are um, for Casa Maria. So they help the new moms take care of their babies. So um, being a foster family who takes care of primarily babies, I thought, oh my gosh, well our girls and her know exactly how it feels to be taking care of babies that aren't yours and getting to hold all the babies. And so we asked her, you know, do you get to hold the babies? What do you think about it? She's like, yes, I get to hold the babies. And she loves it, just like our girls do. So that was special, a special bonding. Um, Pamela is 16 and um, she wants to be a psychologist. She, <laughs> this was funny. 
So we spent the whole evening with our translator talking to her and stuff. And then on the walk back up to go play cornhole, I, I, I don't remember what I asked her, but she responded in English. And I was like, oh, you speak English. Perfectly fluent English. <laughs> so no accent, nothing. I mean, it was like, what have you been hiding? So, and I said, she's like, I'm too shy. I'm embarrassed. But I was like, you didn't even have an accent. It was perfect. So she loves to speak English, but you'd never know it. And she is adorable, and she loves lasagna basketball. And she's actually, the girls do basketball, am I right? Like, intensely. And the boys like football. And there are some that do both, but that's kind of how they split it up. So, um, the, what? I think that's all I was going to say, and then I'll share more about, yes. Oh, hey, there's our people. <laughs> so that is Giovanni on the left, and then Pamela, and then Elsa, and then Poppy, who I've never felt so tall in their lives, and then Gwenny, and then Krilis, and then Minor, who looks worried. <laughs> so, yeah. And then this is us playing Twister in Spanish. That was a riot. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay, and then Casa Maria. And this is me also. Okay. Um, so Casa Maria is a home for pregnant women, um, young women. Um, two of the girls were 12. One of them was 11 when she got pregnant, which, for example, that's Elsa's age. And um, so they get support during child, before childbirth. Um, they get sent there sometimes when they're pregnant um, and sometimes after. But most of them had come when they were pregnant, I think. Four of the six? Right. They just were able to open this. They had it built for over a year, but they had to get government, government approval. Sorry, I'm not yeah. speaking to that. Um, so this is the first group of six girls. And it opened in February or March, yes. and they were almost instantly full. Mm -hmm. And they get calls almost daily because they need more homes like this, and there aren't homes like this. So they're trying to raise support to make another one. Right, so it's um, on the bottom yeah, 13 girls are abused every day, and a child between the ages of 10 and 14 gives birth um, to a child that was conceived in rape. So um, 41,000, at least, 41,000 Guatemalan girls between 10 and 19 gave birth in 2021. Um, is a nearby, is that the county? It's like the county, county yeah, but they do it differently. They but call it. Jalapa is the county, so imagine Grafton County. Um, and they had over 1,500 births in Jalapa, and that's just the, the kids, 10 to 19. And um, only three other homes provide that care, and um, they're all private homes, and nothing is, there are no government homes like that. And um, so there's less than 45 beds available for 41,000 girls. And um, so a little bit, I was taking notes when Air Bear was speaking, and um, so there are migrant caravans coming up from El Salvador, Nicaragua, Honduras, all the way down to like Colombia. They come up through Central America. And um, Guatemala is one of the places where um, families might get separated or traffickers see a child that is an easy target. And so they will take them and then sell them into work in, the, in Guatemala City, any kind of work. And um, so they're often take advantage, taken advantage of by traffickers and then um, brought into the court system by, is it people just calling and saying, I see a kid who's selling vegetables and is extremely malnourished, or um, if there's a brothel that has kids in it, 
then um, they can be removed and taken into the court system. Um, the project, JPLA, has had kids from all of those countries, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Honduras, all sent to the project in Guatemala because there aren't any other places for them to go to. And, um, and even Belize, because Belize doesn't have any kind of foster homes like that. Um, so, <laughs> this is sad, but out of 700 kids that have come through the project since it opened 20 years ago, 700 kids, only one child has had their rapist arrested, convicted, and actually sent to jail. So one out of 700 abusers were actually prosecuted. And, um, and they said he's probably out now. So they don't go into jail for long anyway. So um, this really is a safe haven for the girls especially. It's a place where they can go and they can feel safe and they can actually raise their child safely. And um, I mean, they are 11 years old, but they walk around with their hands on their belly, you know, cradling their child because it is their child and they have that maternal instinct. So, um, but they are kids, very much kids. And so there's two stories that we heard about. Um, Airbear's wife, I was sitting with dinner, at dinner with her one night and she said that they all went swimming at the pool one night. And um, so they were having a fun time and this girl who is eight and a half months pregnant, 11 years old, <laughs> runs and cannonballs in the water. And that um, when she got out, all these older women came over and fussed at her. What do you think you're doing? You're pregnant, that could hurt the baby. And she's like, oh, I forgot. She genuinely forgot that she was pregnant and she was just a kid, wanted to be a kid, swimming. So, um, and then another time, they often go to VBSs and things like that and pass out little gifts to the kids. And um, one person um, was passing out the gifts and a, a young mom came by with her baby, young mom came by, and they gave baby a toy and then sent them on their way. And um, she went over in the corner and started crying. I mean, she was like 13, 14 years old. She wanted a toy too. She didn't, I mean, yeah, there's a toy for the baby, but she's just a kid, very much just a kid, and wants a toy as well. So they gave her a toy as well. Um, and then, is there anything else about that? <clears throat> I don't think so. Oh, so it was a lot of fun to hold these babies. They are precious. So these are the two younger ones. The one on the right um, is Josue, and he is about four weeks old probably now. So he's about a month old. So she was 11 when she got pregnant by her dad, and she is 12 now. And um, so that's her son and her brother in her arms. And Josue was, let's see, so she had to have, because she was so tiny, she had to have a cross-shaped C-section um, because they did the normal C-section and it wasn't enough room to get the baby out. So they had to do another up-and-down C-section to get him out. Um, he was about five pounds at birth, but now he's like a chunk. And she is feeding him and breastfeeding him, doing a great job and um, adores him, you can just tell. So Poppy got to hold Josue, and Grace did. And um, I think Julia might have also. And then on the left there is Jose. <laughs> yes, Josue and Jose. And when they say it next to each other, they crack up. So it's like they planned that. <laughs> so, and Jose is um, also doing very well. He was a bit bigger at birth. So right now, you, 
Jose is younger than Josue, but a little bit bigger because mom might have been a little bit older. So, um, any questions about Casa Maria? No? Okay. Or the kids that we or the sponsor kids that we as sponsor? a church? Yeah. No, they don't. Um, so there is a, an aunt, I believe, that wants to take Josue and his mommy. Um, so, and we'll talk a little bit more about the family. Program. Right, but the court but has allowed her to, like a maternity time there. She gets there 40 until days. October, and then she's yeah. going with her aunt. So she gets 40 days to recuperate from the double C-section and learn how to be a mommy, and then she has to go to her relative. But... I think typically they were hoping to get it like three years with each mom and baby. Um, but if a relative shows up, they get dibs, basically. And so they can take her. And, um, and there's no, it's an aunt, so there's no guarantee that she won't have, the abuser won't have access to her. Okay, thank you, Sarah. So one of the other um, struggles that a lot of these kids have, just like here with foster care and um, being 18, kind of aging out of the program, they have a similar problem. So if they're there until um, if family doesn't claim them and they um, age out of the, pro the program, they're allowed to stay as long as they want. But they're, what they're trying to do for them is create this transition program where they can prepare the kids for life outside of the project because it's quite different. I mean, inside the project, it's like the safe haven. When you say Eli, like it's very different than when you go out into the community. That's correct, Kathy. You look, you feel very safe. You can tell how much prayer is going around that place. Mama Carol prays twice a week um, at the tree, Seba tree. Um, just, and you can, even just once you leave, uh, you feel a little different. Um, it's just very calm and uh, yeah, you can feel his presence. So leaving the project is a, a huge thing for these kids. So they're in this program, they'll get job training, either on the property, they have jobs for them to do where they will pay them for the jobs, or outside of the project. They will teach them about financial management and budgeting. I say they will, they are. There's a lot of kids in this program right now um, have outside experiences like this group during the end of COVID. Guatemala kept masks a little longer than we did. Um, but they sent them on a chicken bus, which is a great big school bus, a long story. But anyway, they let them go into the city, go to the movies, go to bowling, and come back all on their own to teach them that level of independence. And that's quite a, a thing, because it's like three hours into the city. So um, they really want to help them be prepared for life outside of there. So what they're doing, uh, they used to rent a house outside of the project, and they had a house parent in it for these kids that were in this program. But... They found it wasn't um, a great success that way. So what they are doing is building a new house on the property that someone donated money for so that they can live there on their own. They won't have a house parent. They'll be responsible for getting their own food and cleaning up after themselves. They'll be checked in on, and they'll be responsible for learning how to pay rent. They'll have some amount of rent to pay. And that's the house that they're building. So it's currently under construction. They hope it will be done, I think, by the end of this year. Um, and I can't remember how many kids can fit in that. Did they say eight, maybe? I don't remember. Uh, but they'll have to work together and have roommates, and it'll be an interesting um, thing for them. 
So the, the other part that Sarah touched on was the family care program. This is new. Last year it was a pilot program through a nonprofit ministry that instituted it and chose the JPLA to be part of the pilot, and now they've adopted it into their program. So it's very much like here with foster care where a social worker will follow the kids once they leave and go back home with their parents. But the, before that, they did not have any way of contacting or connecting with or checking in on the kids that left their project, which was horrible. Can you imagine? You know, you have this, especially little babies, anybody, but they would have kids come and then they'd have a court appearance and they would, there's a, work, a staff member who drives them down to the court appearance and represents them. And then you don't know if they're coming back or not. The judge may decide that day that they're going with family. So this way, at least they can keep track of them and follow them with regular visits. They check on all different aspects of the children to make sure that they're being fed well, they're, they're going to school, they're being cared for, and they're safe. So um, it's just a really great, several of our kids that we've sponsored before are part of it. In fact, right now, there's, they have a psychologist and a caseworker, and they have, they're following 30 kids, but it seemed like a lot. I was talking to her about it, saying, you're going to need more help with this. And she said, well, we dismissed them. Like one family they followed for 16 months, and then they were able to dismiss them because they were doing well. And of the 30 kids, it's actually only 11 families. So she doesn't have to go all over creation for that. That that picture of that girl, Mm -hmm. that was 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 actually a... We dropped off a food basket at her house. Walking up to her porch, she's on it. and you think maybe it's the daughter of the person you're delivering to, but really it's it's the mom and uh, the person who's um, running the household, basically, and her child. And it's it's crazy you, just how young they they start out by running the families. Yeah, and unfortunately, her husband had gotten into drinking and was abusing her, so um, she had to leave. So. Do you want to talk about the education problem in Guatemala? I can read it for yeah, sure. That would be great. <clears throat> All right, education, evangel. Oh, don't don't make me say that. All right, important facts: average level of education, males a little over four years, females a little over two years. <clears throat> Graduation rates: sixth grade, thirty percent; high school, ten to twenty percent; university, one to two percent get to attend university as college. That's great. Yes. What JPLA offers? Preschool, junior high on campus, high school in town, university scholarships, and trade school. So as you can see, the education rate down there is really poor. And if you remember the first slide, it talked about the um, huge percentage of 50% and of their population is 18 and under. You would think the government would want to invest in the younger population so that they'd have a future um, for their country, but there is no support for schools. You have to pay to go to school. If you can't afford to go to school, you don't go to school. There's no truancy law. There's, they just don't have access to school. So, and it's not valued, which is unfortunate. So the JPLA is really trying to turn that around for a lot of these kids in the cycle of poverty by providing an education on property from preschool to, high, uh, to junior high and then supporting them and getting them to high school in town. And they can continue, like it says, uh, they continue to help them through the universities if they want to or getting an education with the trade schools. So um, it's a really great ministry that they do just with the Evangelical Freedom School. It used to be a school that was open to the public 
um, as well, and town kids would come, but the government charged them so much per child to have them there that it was actually costing them to have town's kids there. So unfortunately, it's now just for the project. Um, and we helped support that ministry all of you donated so many things. We had huge, this is just one picture of all of the donations that we were able to bring down. So they don't have a Walmart down the street. So we were able to donate tons of markers and paper and pencils and all kinds of school supplies that are really going to help them out. So thank you for that. And there's some time that we got. This is when they let them skip school a little bit so we could have extra playtime. <laughs> That's why we were in the classroom. And then another portion of Guatemala's struggle is um, widows and needy families. But widows especially, whether they're actual widows or their husbands just left and went to the States and didn't come back, there are a lot of um, women who struggle as single moms down there. So they created this program. It's called the Redeemed Women's Program. And Eli will read to you how it helps them. I will indeed. Uh, important facts, who JPLA helps, widows, single mothers, JPLA children and vulnerable families. How JPLA connects, church, pastoral, and recommendations. Hand up, not a handout. Provides spiritual guidance, education, resources for high school diplomas or trades to open businesses to support families and emotional trauma counseling. <clears throat> Keeps children with parents and out of children's homes. Children's homes, yeah. not children. <laughs> so we got to shop on Tuesdays in Monhas, the little town that the project is in. It's market day. It's fun, isn't it? Like, it's tons of stuff out. So they shut down the roads, and, and farmers and all kinds of people come and set up little shops. So we got to go through the market and, uh, and purchase things for food baskets to bring to the families in need. Um, Rudy is the director of the Redeemed Women's Program. He was in that last slide. And he, used to, he and his wife used to be house parents for the first 10 years, and now they both work with this program. So the loyalty there, too, is amazing. Most of the staff has been there 10 years or more. Um, so we got to bring food baskets to, the, to them, and then what they do, they don't just provide them food. They, some of them have gotten an education through the JPLA. They've helped them start a business from right outside their house, like selling fruits and vegetables or tortillas so that they can keep their kids safe with them and they don't have to go look for work. So um, lots of help with that. This is one of the families. Actually, it was just a mom and her daughter. These were all the food baskets. We did, delivered eight of them, which was great. I don't know that we often deliver that many. Anybody want to talk about this guy? Real quick, no? It's the peanut guy. The peanut guy. <laughs> um, this was one of the worst houses that we went to. Um, and you can't really tell, but the ground is just mud. Um, it's not like there's a floor. None of the house had a floor. It's, you know, plastic, tin, just not what you'd want to live in. Um, but... The guy right there in the middle, the peanut guy. What's his name again? I don't remember. We just his call name. him the peanut guy. Peanut. It's very respectful. <laughs> we were just like, "Hey, town. peanut Everybody guy." Everybody knows him. <laughs> That's how Here's they your basket. Him. <laughs> um, but no, his his just appreciation follows all the way back to the bus. Mm -hmm. Just
just thanking us, thinking how much God has blessed them since we just did basically the bare minimum by bringing them a basket of food. Um, I know my selfish person that I am would not be thinking God blessed me that much just by giving this basket of food that's going to last a couple days, but that's my own issues. Um, this guy, his heart's where it's at and should be, um, and he knows uh, where to get true joy, and he was uh, very inspirational with his uh, just his emotional ability to be so happy, and his wife didn't seem as happy, but she was trying not to show emotion. I heard she was crying. I didn't see it, but I thought she was just gonna. But they don't love to show emotion. Um, Mary Ed, who was somebody who showed us around after this whole thing, um, she went into, I think, the last house um, that we delivered to, and then she came out, and she's just like, you know, you don't see necessarily sometimes uh, their appreciation. They don't like to show it. Um, but like, I think the dad and the mom were crying after she went back in to uh, see them. And it, you just kind of thought the guy was holding his head down, not that appreciative. Um, but he just didn't want to really let it out. Like all of us macho men out here don't really want to show emotion. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it was pretty great to see their appreciation. Yeah. And I think we have, oh, no. Okay. Um, Another way that the JPLA works with the community and we got to participate was community and church engagement. So they are really working hard to try to eliminate the kids even coming into the program because they know that if the church comes around needy families that they see before the abuse, they, they can intervene before and then kids don't end up in homes. So they really want to build a, a community of churches doing trainings and support, and they've had a lot of buy-in from this in the local area. So it's getting some steam, um, and it's going to be really helpful. So we got to participate in that by going to these churches that they're working with, that they're newly partnering with. That's where we did our VBSs, so that we, are, we were representing the JPLA. And they'll go back in a couple of months with another team and show up there. So trying to get the community to know more about who they are and what they're trying to do. So we got to participate in that with them. And those books were actually from Doug and Barb Waits, who were going to bring them to Honduras and didn't make it there. So they, they got to Guatemala. And these are some pictures of the first VBS. There were about 50 kids at this one. We're doing silly dances. Again, they voted not to do them here. <laughs> um, this is the second one. We had over 100 people at this one. And those little crafts that we were doing were also part of Doug and Barb Waite's stuff that was going to Honduras. And I, we thought we were going to have about 50 people, and I didn't count out. I think we might have had 60 of these crafts, and we were getting really close to running out, and you know the thing was still going on. And we, they cut it. They said, okay, we're done, when I was giving the last one out. So there were no kids that came to me and said, can I do that? And I had to say no. So that was great. Another thing that we did... Um, it's a very emotional day on Tuesday. We go to the market in the morning. Then we go to um, the nursing home. And, and then we go deliver food baskets. So it's a really, it's, a, it's an emotional day, right, Eli? Yes. I, as you can tell, I was overwhelming with my emotion. Um, <laughs> no, but it, it really was. Even if you're not showing it, you're feeling it. Um, the, the food basket was... A great experience, but so was going to the um, nursing home. 
Um, just once again, they're just kind of just left there by their family members who aren't able to take care of them anymore. Um, and half of them don't see them again, probably. Um, no, it's all right. I mean, it's okay. Please. Yeah, fine. Um, but, uh, just to be able to, even though I couldn't understand them, uh, just making, uh, some of them smile, even though they're probably saying, gringo, what the heck are you doing? I did understand gringo though. Um, <laughs> but, um, I just, you know, it, it was, it was nice to be able to try to just make them smile and laugh, even if you couldn't, um, speak with words. Um, I did it with just dancing. So I won't do that for you guys today. Um, but they, and just spending time making sure that they knew that they were, we were there to take care of them. Um, many of the people just were there to sit next to them, um, help them eat if they needed it. Um, some were blind, some were deaf, some were both. Um, but just seeing their smiles was, uh, pretty special. Um, and we did do the silly songs that we did at the VBS for them, too, because they enjoyed them just as much as the kids. But we also sang actual songs for them. So there's Eli. I, I was making her smile right there. Yes, you were um, making her smile. <laughs> and we had a good bond, uh, even if she was saying, please don't be near me anymore. I, <laughs> I was still next to her because I didn't know, but I just was going to smile back at her as, like I didn't understand, and which I did. <laughs> And there's no um, government support for nursing homes either. So this is privately owned, but they don't have a lot of money to support it. So it's, it's definitely a challenge. And volunteers help out, but it's not the prettiest nursing home, um, for sure. So the last thing we wanted to share was how the JPLA, they're great stewards of everything that they have. And the land there, I don't know, if Sarah, if you want to share about the land at all. So um, this was fascinating for me. I have a very much a black thumb. And um, going to see just all that they're doing and growing is amazing. Um, one of the things that Eber said was that, um, so you guys have all heard of Dole Pineapple. And um, one of the valleys over there is completely owned by Dole and just looks amazing. I mean, it is lush and it is growing and everything. But in Monhas, in that valley, um, tobacco companies had grown there for many, many years. And then they stopped and left, and all the ground that the tobacco had been grown on had had so many chemicals and things put on it that they can't grow anything. It's just dead land. And um, very, very little can grow there, if anything. There's some cornfields here and there. And um, what are those spiky trees? There's like orchards of this spiky tree, which I don't know what green thing was growing on that, but it was weird. But um, that's about it. And, um, but amazingly, the project is very fruitful. So the Lord has blessed that ground in a way that he has not blessed much of the other area. And it's amazing to see what they can grow. So um, they were given a local college in Hutiapas, yes, gave them some avocado trees, little itty-bitty saplings, and said, if you want these, you can take them. And so they planted all these, and they were tiny, like 12 inches big. And four years later, they are massive, like 12 feet tall, 
and growing the biggest avocado you've ever seen. And with the, um, the kids, all are responsible. They all, every kid there, all 90-plus kids, have chores to do. And some of them are um, taking care of the chickens, and then they can sell the eggs, or taking care of the avocado trees, and then they can sell avocados. Um, last year, they sold um, 12,000 quetzales, which is about $1,700 in avocados alone, just in Monjas. So that's all money that can go back to the kids for them to save to do fun things like go to the movies and things like that with their groups. And um, they have 900 pineapple plants growing right now in an area that can't grow pineapples. So it's just a miracle and a huge blessing for them. Um, so they also have aquaponics, which was fun to see. They've got a large greenhouse, and they grow um, lettuce and other plants in the um, big, these big rows. And then they had been given tilapia fish that they keep in a separate tank, and they feed the tilapia f the fish food, and the tilapia make the perfect water balance, pH balancer and all that stuff. And so they use that to feed the different plants. And it's just growing amazingly well. And it, is, it was such a blessing to see. There's chickens everywhere. There's um, goats. There's cats. One of the house parents kids, he's in charge of all the goats and two or three cows. And he sells the milk, and he also gives the milk to the, um, the project right there, and they've saved thousands of dollars in milk for their kids because they're just getting it from his goats and cows. So, um, and they raised chickens, and then they had, like, they went from, like, 15 chickens to um, almost 300 chickens <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> so that's going very well. And um, every mango plants, papayas, there's banana trees all over the place, and it's gorgeous. They plant them right in front of their houses, and then they'll, a banana tree will just grow up, and then they'll walk outside, and they'll pick their bananas for the day. So it's just beautiful. And the nice thing about what they do is they also um, tithe the first fruit of any of their crops. So they, they'll bring it to the local church and um, let the church distribute it to people in need before they do anything for themselves. And then a lot of it goes to the kids, and then the excess gets sold, and the money goes back to the project. So they also have solar panels. Uh, I think there's a slide with all the different ways that they're working on being self-sustaining. Yes. So... It's pretty remarkable, and the university has helped them out a lot with different, the irrigation system, um, a biotank fuel thing, biofuel tank before. So, yeah, they've had a lot of support from the local community. So that is all for our slideshow, but now if anyone would like to share anything about their personal experience, they can. I know. We, had a, we have a lot of introverts, so they were a little bit quiet, but fantastic at jumping in. Like I said, on any ridiculous thing I asked them to do physically, they were all on board for. So it was a great group, and I'm really grateful that everybody decided to go. We had 17 total. But if anybody wants to share anything personal, I know Brayden was considering. No? Okay. <laughs> Anyone? What? We no never, line dance. Clear, no, they we never didn't. line danced. Yeah. What was the vote, Eli? It was that we could do it in front of kids we didn't know, That's but correct. all of you was a little intimidating. So. We, we, can make fun, uh, we can make fun of ourselves in front of kids, but you guys are a tough bunch. <laughs> yeah. We didn't trust your availability to not make fun of us. Right. right. <laughs> 
Oh, right, right, right. That's okay. It's all right. Did you want to share? Oh, yeah. No, I don't think we're going to do that. It's totally one-sided, and I haven't had enough coffee. So. <laughs> um, uh, I will share two things. Um, Kim, uh, she's the reason why I went the Obviously, it was God, but Kim uh, gave the paperwork to Kathy to give to me. She's a little deceitful because I thought she was going as well. Uh, by hearing that she was giving paperwork around, apparently you just hand it to other people. And uh, no. um, but I'm very appreciative because I, uh, my wife would have never get the the urge to go, which made me want to go, and it was uh, life changing. So I want to thank Kim for that. Everybody, thank Kim, um, and then also thank Kathy because uh, she was the perfect leader. Um, she won't tell you because she's nice like that, but she was the perfect leader for this bunch of uh, misfits, as we all are. Um, but I just want to thank her because she did a great job. So you don't have to go anywhere. So thanks. Thank you. So we also have a little slideshow, because that didn't show a lot of the pictures of our trip. So we did put a little slideshow together to this, the theme song for our trip. I kept hearing this new song by Matthew S. called Me On Your Mind, and it just kept reminding me of the staff there, because they give up their lives to live there and take care of these kids, which is hard. I mean, the DeYoungs know. You did not really do that. Before we do the slideshow, well, thank you. Kathy did. Thank you. Above and beyond. Oh, thank you. No, you guys were fantastic. Another round of applause, please, please, come on. Thank you. I thank them because I've never led a trip before, and they were the easiest first group ever. So I'm very thankful for that. So, um, but anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yes, so the song, yes. So the staff there, it's amazing how they can just, I mean, I, I th used to think I wanted to, foster, to do foster care, but the heartbreak of the kids leaving, I wasn't sure I could handle. And they have to deal with that every day and then open their heart to the next one that's coming along. And so the song really speaks to that. It's, Jesus, it's about Jesus, but it also reminded me of the staff. So I shared that with them the first night to let them know how much they inspire us because the kids change, but we go every, I mean, we've been five years now, and the, kid, the staff is always there and always doing um, what they do. So, and Eli and Braden and I hung out long after everybody left to try to clean up. We gave the staff lunch one day. We served them lunch and we thought, okay, we'll wait and clean up for them. They talked and talked and, <laughs> and just enjoyed themselves so much. So we ended up having to leave because we had other things to do. We were and, heartbroken that we couldn't Right, right, that up. we didn't get to clean up for 40 plus people, but they just kept talking and it was just so wonderful to see the unity that they have. So, um, it's a beautiful thing. So anyway, this song plays behind the slideshow. And, um, so before we get to the slideshow, okay. uh, I would encourage everyone, because we're going to go along here, to okay, the team's in green here. If you have questions <laughs> after the service, they'll be available for questions or, or sharing uh, more information. Mm -hmm. um, and I really appreciate this group going. And it's a group that from here and from all over New Hampshire and Vermont, and so we appreciate them going and representing us well. And we are going to do this again, all right? So there's opportunity to do this again in the future. Like you said, Kathy, you've gone about five times. Mm -hmm. A couple of people on this group have gone a couple of times. And uh, this is a, a place where we want to continue to invest in the, the children's home and the projects that uh, they have going on. I love that it's such a holistic 
ministry, right? Did you guys pick up on that with all the stuff they're doing? <laughs> it's so holistic and life-changing for those individuals and for the people in the country. Can you imagine the influence as it grows and more people begin to support this, just the influence in that country, in Guatemala, with all the care, and then seeing Christ's love mm -hmm. just promoted throughout all of this. Mm -hmm. So I uh, really appreciate that and be looking forward to the next trip. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say that um, after the slideshow's done, you guys are dismissed. All right? Thank you. All right, so we will play that. I don't, I just hit one click, right? And it should go, I think. I've read the words in red How you leave the 99 To find the one missing Feels like that was written With me on your mind And the prodigal son who ran Leaving his home behind The part where the father came running to meet him Did you say that with me on your mind? Who am I that the king of the world would give
please, please bombard them with questions, and you're dismissed. Every day 